This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bananimals. This is Kurt. This is Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Before we get to the episode, we just wanted to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. We feel that everyone should have the freedom to decide what is best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy, and we stand by that. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and mm-hmm. safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Yes. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. So, educate yourself. You can learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. The Banana Boys encourage you to speak up, take care of yourselves, and spread the good word. Here it is. Oh, hit me with it. This one's... you'll see. Mm. A company wants to turn celebrities into lab-grown salami, and it is perfectly possible. Oh, okay. I didn't know. (laughs) Well, let's cut off a little slice of the bliss pit that we all call bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. That, I'm looking at him right now. His name is Scotty Landis. He's one of my favorite guys in the whole entire goddamn universe. And there he is in his hotel room in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, a, a consummate professional who will podcast from anywhere on earth. As long as he has a microphone and a recording device, he's here for you. The one and only Kurt Brownoller. Ah, uh, Scotty. What, what, oh, one thing we do have to say, we're going to... We're gonna st- Talk up Brooklyn Bell House shows and New Jersey Bell House. Th- these are the last Banana Boys shows. Yeah, scheduled on the books. On the books. Yeah. Asbury Park, New Jersey, Brooklyn, New York. Got to get there. We got to l- Let's let's do it. Let's sell those shows out. July fourteenth, July seventeenth. Is they're going to be great? Oh, we're going to have a very special poster on sale there. Yes, we are. Yes, Megan Turbot. Uh, this great uh, artist from Philly is making uh, a very cool poster for us. It's kind of going to be like an evergreen poster, so hopefully we'll yes. be able to sell it at a lot of shows. Um, mm-hmm. It's hand-drawn. It's beautiful. It's going to be really fun. So come on out to those shows. Scotty, Come to the doing? beach. Come hang out at the beach. Come to Brooklyn. Our Brooklyn show last time was sold out, and it was so many people, and it was a party, and it was so fun. Rod Dranger was there. It was just a night. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a night for New York City. We were back. I like that you say Rod Dranger like everybody knows who Rod Dranger is. You got to come and find out. If you want to know who Rod Dranger is, you got to put some butts in seats. But uh, He might I'm have so just been, good. he might just be the most famous uh, Juicy Fruit Act commercial actor ever from the 70s. But maybe he's not. Maybe he's not anymore. We'll find, got to come to Brooklyn and find out. Rod Dranger might show up again. Yeah, I'm so good. Life's good. I mean, I uh I'm I'm feeling positive. I'm I'm booking travel for for uh those shows. I actually just got off with Delta. Oh hell yeah. Did you and, did you uh, get to pay three times a normal fare, Scotty? That's right. <laughs> Gonna break even on these bad boys, but I don't do it for the money. I do it for the bananas, and I always will. Um yeah, just uh, you know, normal life. Hot in L.A. Spider season is over. It, it rained two nights ago, which people in L.A. It, a thunderstorm. It was. I. I. It, as a person who grew up on the East Coast, I'm very familiar with the thunderstorm in the middle of the night. Mm. I woke up and I was like, someone's rolling a a chair back and forth along the roof like i was just sleepy and i was like what is happening and laura was like i had to google it there is a thunderstorm right now i'm like this is crazy it was crazy and the dog was shaking so much that the bed was shaking and so i had to like take the dog into the living room and like sleep with her on the couch so she would just like relax for a second um but man that was intense i haven't heard that like that in a very long time a good friend of mine and i think a listener of the pod uh melissa she and her partner got a, a used sailboat a little while ago so we take it sailing sometimes but they offered this week they were like do you want to sail to catalina mm. and i had a lot of i have work stuff i'm, I'm yeah. currently writing and had pitches and stuff so i was like i can't but they were out there in that sailboat and i have to call oh. them because they were they were moored off of an island oh. during that ripping thunderstorm and i i haven't heard from them yet so oh. hopefully they didn't get their bowels rocked out of their booties cuz uh, it must have been intense for real and there's like just nowhere you can go you're in a boat in you're the in middle of the ocean yeah <laughs> yeah you're not going to like row to shore you're going to get swept away so anyways i can't wait to have that that heated text exchange. Mm-mm-mm. You want to hear Other about this? That, all good. All good, good man. Uh, you want to hear about this stuff, man? Oh, I cannot wait to laugh at this. Okay. So this was sent in by Krista Findlay Egerton. Thank you, Krista. Great name. Great name. Sent into the uh, the Bananas Instagram account, uh, the Bananas Podcast. It. It's on Instagram, folks. Go find Browsers. it. Go send it to us. Here it is. The, the title again from mm. IFL Science. It's real. A company wants to turn celebrities into lab-grown salami. Okay. Here it is. Uh, This is James Felton. Mm. Senior staff writer at I Fucking Love Science. They never give their writers credit. Yeah. So they started. That's how good he is. Yeah. James gets it. He is the best. In some of the businesses that are involved with journalism. Hmm. Ever wonder what Kanye West or Ellen DeGeneres taste like? <laughs> Not really. Nope. That is Two uh... of the people I thought of the least <laughs> in the world. I've... Probably the same, honestly. <laughs> well, there's a lab meat company out there who is just as curious about the forbidden meat, uh, parentheses, okay. celebrities, as you are. 
none of these sentences are anything anyone actually wants to know. Correct. Uh, Bite Labs produces fine artisanal <laughs> salami from meat mm. that has been lab-grown from celebrity tissue samples, the company says on its website. Mm-hmm. To quote today, in vitro meat production is close to becoming a reality offering highly, highly controllable meat production without the animal cruelty, waste, and environmental impacts of industrial farming. But this process can offer so much more than replicas of beef and pork, Bite Labs says. And by quote, so much more, they mean, quote, we would like to collect myosatellite cells from celebrities and then turn them into salami. This is fucking crazy. (laughs) 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 The firm even has a social share buttons to make it easy for you to send a parenthetically vaguely threatening request to the celebrity you would like to sausage. Uh, Mm. We're going to pause here and say, yes, we definitely thought this was a hoax or perhaps a satire of tech startups. But if the company's earnest interviews with Vice and Slate are anything to go by, they are serious about going through with it. Fair uh, quote to develop celebrity meat. That's a uh, in that's that's in capital. Uh, we're working with a group of bioengineers and food designers, most of which have requested to remain anonymous due to the controversial nature of the product. Kevin from Bite Labs told Slate, "Kevin doesn't worry. Kevin's not mm. out there being anonymous. <laughs> no sir, it's just Kevin the cannibal <laughs> sticking his nose right in it." We've gotten some responses from people offering us biopsies, but no one on the level of our big four yet. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Who are the big four? Uh, Oprah? No. Uh, J- oh. J- uh, Jennifer Lawrence is one of them. Hold sure. on. Most of the responses have been very positive, but of course, some people are a bit uncomfortable with the idea of Bite Labs. We think that's only to be expected when we talk about pushing the boundaries of tech and society. Uh, the company has thought far enough ahead to plan potential recipes should the celebrities be up for their cells being grown and turned into mass-produced sausages. The J-Law salami will be complemented by a mixture of rabbit and pork. Okay, so it's not just straight-up human meat. It's more like a rabbit and pork sausage. Still pretty gross. Uh, a charming and confident flavor profile. The J-Law salami is coarse ground <laughs> in a rustic style. Smoothed with notes of honey and spiced with orange zest and ginger. Mm. Always surprising, this salami will never fail to entertain. Uh, Meanwhile, quote, Hungarian paprika and Worcestershire sauce give Kanye an underlying smokiness spiked up with hints of jalapeno, a meat they described as best paired with bourbon. Uh, the idea is obviously I mean, caused what? <laughs> the idea is what? obviously caused mixed feelings on social media between people who are a bit grossed out by the idea and people who are cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Recent research found that people are often grossed out by the idea of eating lab-cultured meat from traditionally eaten animals, so it's no surprise there's an ick factor when it comes to consuming celebrities, even if they're named John Hamm. Boom. That's why he's best in the biz, all right? Pretty funny. Pretty funny. While it may be better for the environment, if you serve it at a buffet, expect to have to ask, babes, are you okay? You've barely touched your Alec Baldwin salami. Mm. Um, Lost me on that one. Babes, I know. If you said Stephen that one. Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin salami, I'm laughing, uh, man. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Billy Baldwin, I'm on the floor. I'm I'm R O F L. Oh man, nobody, nobody wants to eat Alec Baldwin. Um, no. 
The company itself touts the environmental benefits of eating, for example, the cast of Downton Abbey. What? That's just crazy. It keeps I mean, getting better. It's like a Hickory Farm sampler, but it's the Downton. I I kind of <laughs> like that. Like, uh, give my parents a Downton Arm variety pack, the old beef stick, the honey mustard. That's cool. Uh, so they're saying celebrity meat production requires less than 1% of the amount of land needed for traditional farming. Um, while a noble goal and much more humane than growing Alec Baldwin's on a farm, it appears that they have not <laughs> yet had any success getting stars on board with the projects as of yet. Um, this keeps going on. I bet Charlize would have done it. Yeah, I bet you she's, she's game for anything. Yeah. That's why she's so cool. That's why she's number one on the call sheet. Um, the big four were Jennifer Lawrence, Kanye West, Ellen, and somebody? And Alec Baldwin, I guess. Those suck. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, sure. Yeah. Everybody would take a nibble of Jennifer Lawrence, but the rest of those, those are Harry Styles. You got to have Harry Styles in there. They yeah. sell out. Yeah. Uh, Beyonce, she everything she touches turns to and gold, Clooney, so. a Clooney balloony. Ooh, a baloney, nice a Clooney. Clooney. <laughs> Pairs well with a lemoncello. A colony, a colony, baloney, colony, baloney. All right, anyway, I'll just move when on. When he from does, that. when he did like that Nespresso ad, or he did some like espresso or whatever. When Clooney does that, that oh, yeah. has to be just to buy one thing specifically, right? Right. Yes. Like, exactly. He has to do that to be like, I want a Chris Craft boat. If I go in there, yep, I get it. Or like, I, I saw Picasso that's for sale. <laughs> it's three million dollars, so I'm going to press really hard with Nespresso or whatever it was. Like, there's no way he just. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't. It is it whenever I whenever I see celebrities doing commercials, I'm always just like, "Why? Yeah, you're you don't need the money. Like what? Like every celebrity who has over a hundred million dollars, every commercial they do, that money should just have to go directly to a charity of their choice. I agree. Right. It that's the Screw only them. way that it's like every time I see fucking somebody huge on a commercial, I'm like, yeah, eat shit, eat shit. Because also there's people like, I don't know, is me? Yes, me yeah. trying to get fucking commercial gigs so I can feed my children. But yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people, a lot of the listeners might not know. But when you're sort of a new or middle level talent out in L.A., commercials can really be your lifeblood. Yeah. And it used to be that you could get one campaign. Hey, you got that Macy's campaign. Hey, you got that American Express thing. And it's life changing. It's like, oh, now I can do the other projects I want and hopefully make it. But yeah, when when Kristen Shaw and Rich and I were in Tokyo for New Year's Eve six years ago or so. Mm-hmm. We were laughing. We, we texted you, I think, or we might have called you. And um, we were walking around, and it made me laugh every single street corner because they have tea vending machines, like cans of green tea, jasmine tea, Earl Grey tea, like, but like every type of delicious tea you can buy in mini cans. We tried literally every single one uh-huh. over the week we were there. But the celebrity endorsement and the person on every vending machine, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy I know. Lee Jones That's what, looking apparently that dour is like... and wrinkly. <laughs> apparently that is a big thing for like A-listers to only, to, they do commercials in other countries. So it doesn't like, yes. it doesn't look bad for them in America, but they still get so much money from these other countries. Yeah, it was so funny. Good old Tommy Lee Jones. Like nothing when you're, when you're like, oh man, I'm parched. You know who doesn't look parched? Tommy Lee Jones, the driest faced man I've ever seen in my life. Literally looks like a brown paper bag got wet and then dried in the sun and then was in 
No country for old men. I, I remember, so I, I did commercials. I auditioned for commercials like what, right when I first started doing comedy, like at yes, 22. And then like from 22 to like, I don't know, 28, I was always auditioning for commercials. And then I just hit a place where I was just like, I'm too busy with other stuff. I can't go to all these commercial auditions. So I stopped auditioning yeah, for commercials. And then it comes back around when you have kids. Because then I was yeah. like, oh, I have a family now. I now need to go back to auditioning for commercials. And it, I've like, seen you in a lot. It hurt my, like you walk in, for people who don't know, it's like walking into a commercial, like it's changed since the pandemic. But before the pandemic, it would be like walk in. Paint the picture. It is... Uh, How long are you driving to get there? You're driving 45 minutes to get there. It's always in fucking Santa Monica. You get there. <laughs> it is 300 people jammed into a space that should only have 250. Everyone's sitting on the most uncomfortable, tiny little like uh like like um just flat board on the ground right, right next to each other and then it's just people like there's two there's three types of people who are auditioning for commercials there's the kids who are 22 they Love are it. psyched they're yes. so excited and mm-hmm. they cannot stop doing fucking bits with each other oh loud dumb bits and they're all <laughs> competing with each other to be who can be louder and dumber and then there's me and guys mm-hmm. like me who have mm-hmm. families and are just v- vaguely embarrassed to be there headphones in not speaking to anyone just like yes. when will this be over <laughs> and then there's the children and then my heart goes out to the children mm-hmm. it is these parents bringing children mm-hmm. in after after school to audition and then these kids like you don't have a fully formed idea of the world and yeah. then to have this audition process which already as an adult I know is disgusting it sucks so much to then put children into it is just like it is it breaks my heart so the whole experience the best you can hope for out of the experience is obviously booking a commercial but for the most part is to walk out not thinking humanity is doomed like i know if you come out on an even if you go in feeling great and come out just not feeling anything, you're doing great. Because otherwise, <laughs> great. you're coming out feeling like depressed afterwards. That's right. Well, good for you. I saw you and Kelly Clarkson. How many <laughs> Apple boxes was she standing on? Like three. Yeah, yeah. She's like at your height. And I'm like, how is this possible? Oh, uh, uh, that's pretty funny. There was a on, on an episode, season one of Adam Vine's House Party, which I believe is streaming on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. We had a great episode. It was a really funny episode. For those people who have never seen the show, it's a stand-up comedy show with a scripted element. So first time, or like comics can basically come on and do their first acting work and their first television stand-up yes. sets. So if you love stand-up, go watch House Party. But season one, we did one called Lady Troopers, which was how we didn't get sued for talking about Girl Scouts. And the idea is Adam's throwing a giant house party with booze, sex, drugs, and then the Girl Scouts show up to sell cookies. And instead of kicking them away, he puts them to work, and they become these great little minions for him running around the party, and the Lady Troopers are doing everything. Nice. And there's this great scene where they're they're like really sad at the end. And we had this actress named Storm Reed, who is probably 10 years old, maybe eight years old. She's since gone on. She was a star in the Wrinkle in Time movie. I think she's on Euphoria. She's actually like a true actress yeah. now. But she was great at eight years old. And she, their whole thing is they wanted to try beer. So we do this huge beer funnel scene where like these 10 like lady troopers just get down and are dancing and drinking beer and breaking <laughs> sugar glass bottles over each other's head. <laughs> 
John Milheiser, our good buddy, yeah. former SNL guy, was the guy pouring the beer, and Adam, it was so fun. But in the audition for Storm's role, you know, we have like 30 child actors come through. And like you said, sometimes it's like, oh, you can just feel the parents pushing, pushing them too pushing, hard. Yeah. And then some, they got it. They got it at six years old. Oh, they it's just, crazy. It's crazy to talented. see. And Storm's thing was she was mixing margaritas in the middle of the episode for and handing them out to all the comics. I think she gives one. I can't remember the comic she gives it to. Uh but she just, her line was, now tell me that's not the best damn margarita you've ever had. And she <laughs> says it with such adult sass and, and conviction that we were like, well, she's going to be a movie star. And then she is. She made it. Like, even at eight years old, you were like, It is so Storm weird, Reed. isn't it? She was, uh, don't tell me that's not the best damn margarita you've ever had. <laughs> I remember yeah. for Kristen Schaal, she did this hour for Comedy Central where yes. um, she wanted to do this bit where she gets heckled by a child and mm -hmm. then like uh, she doesn't know what to say. So she says like, oh, well, you think you could do better? And then the kid gets up and does like stand up better than her. Crushes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, and what we, I, I wrote on it. You wrote on it too, right? Yeah. And yeah, was um, a fun one. I was there. We were there for auditions, and it was just like all the this 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 the 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 girl who booked it was more professional than yes. I have ever been in my entire it's, life. Me too. It me was too. like she just like came up. She like crushed every line. Did stand up like she had been doing stand up for a while, and then was just like, "Thank you, very nice to meet you." I'm I can't remember her name. Like shook my hand, and I was just mm -hmm. like, "This is the, uh, the uh, the littlest professional." Well, thank you, littlest <laughs> professional. I'm impressed by you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She was funny. And then her catchphrase was like, boom, nailed it or something. And she'd like say the joke and be like, boom, nailed it. And like, yeah, that little, I wonder if she became anything. We yeah, we should look her up. Uh, I got one for you. You want Give one? it to me. Um, sent in by Kilm Sarah. Studyfinds.org. We've used them before. And this is written by John Onderer. Tough Onderer. last name to say. But just because John's got a tough last name doesn't mean he's not the best in the beeswax mm -hmm. over here. This is a very funny one to me. Drinking a cup of coffee before shopping may lead you to spend more money. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Tampa. That's how the article starts, which is so perfect, it's insane. Tampa. <laughs> what a town. If you like steakhouses, really... golfing, dentists, and, and strip clubs, boy, have I got a town for you. Tampa Bay, Florida. Coffee and credit cards may be a financial planner's worst nightmare, according to researchers from University of South Florida. Scientists report shoppers who sip a complimentary cup of coffee before shopping end up spending 50% more money Whoa. and buying 30% more items than their non-caffeinated counterparts. Oh, that's fascinating. 50% more 50 money. 50%? No, that's a lot more. I'm no mathematician. But it sounds like that's you know, like a lot more. Um, thirty percent more items too. Like if you think of a full grocery cart and you fill another one up, a third, that's a lot of shit. Yeah. Quote Caffeine, a powerful stimulant, releases dopamine in the brain, which excites the mind and body. You're telling me. <laughs> this leads to a higher energetic state, which in turn enhances impulsivity and de decreases self control. Isn't this interesting? Yeah, this is fascinating. 
says uh, lead study author Depayan Biswa, the Frank Harvey Endowed Professor of Marketing at USF. Uh, as a result, caffeine intake leads to shopping impulsivity in terms of higher number of items purchased and greater spending. To reach these findings, this is the best part. I used to do college stuff, um, like test, they would be like $20, and then they would do like sociology majors would test us and stuff. I love doing it at college. Yeah. It was so fun. And that just reminded me of a couple of stories that I was not going to talk about. Uh, to reach its findings, researchers set up an espresso machine at the entrances of retail chain and home goods stores in France. Some people say France. Uh, as well as a department store in Spain. Upon entering those stores, over 300 shoppers received a complimentary cup with nothing in it yet. About half of those shoppers ordered a coffee containing about 100 milligrams of caffeine. So that's like a tall Starbucks coffee's worth of caffeine. Yeah, it's not, it's not a ton. It's not like it's, you're not going to be like wired. Depending on who Red you Bull, are. Though. A Red Bull's 80 milligrams. So just to give you an idea, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely enough to put a little pep in your step. Okay, okay. Uh, the other half went with either decaf coffee or a complimentary cup of water. Okay. Um, importantly, the customers who shared their shopping receipts uh, with researchers as they exited the store. Sure enough, people who drank caffeinated coffee purchased a significantly higher amount of items and spent more money. It also seems to influence the type of items people buy. Wow. Shoppers who drank caffeine bought more non-essential items, like candles, fragrances, etc., than the others. However, there were few differences among caffeinated and decaffeinated shoppers when it came to making more utilitarian purchases, kitchen utensils, storage baskets. So the, they conducted a fourth experiment in the lab testing the impact of caffeine on online shopping. They separated a group of 200 business school s students, depending on whether they drank caffeinated or decaffeinated coffee. Each person had to pick which items they would buy uh, from a list of 66. So 200 students, 66 items, half caffeinated, half not. Okay. Again, the people drinking caffeine bought impulsive items <laughs> like massagers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, oh, they're all oh. fucking tense. They just yeah. got like tensed up for the caffeine. They're like, I gotta fucking relax, man. Yeah, I gotta chill the f out. Or yeah, <laughs> or they're just revved up in the other way. List uh, while the others chose more practical goods like notebooks. I mean, talk about nerds. <laughs> um, last sentence: While moderate amounts of caffeine intake can have positive health benefits, there can be unintended consequences of being overly caffeinated while shopping. That is, consumers trying to control impulsive spending should avoid consuming caffeine beverages before shopping. Wow. It is published in the Journal of Marketing. Isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. I mean, all, already these two stories in this episode are two of my favorite stories we've ever covered. I'm loving Off both of them. to a roaring them. start. It's we have the one. food, we have the bevs. <laughs> I haven't um, done an animal story yet. It's amazing. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> uh, so uh, this wasn't the story I was going to talk about, but in college, uh, so UMass had a big food sciences and big communications uh, departments, and so they would occasionally put out things in the school paper, or I guess we got email blasts too, that were like $25 for an hour, and you go and you try five different types of ketchup or whatever. But one night, my buddies were like, hey, there's a thing. It's for media studies. And I think you, everybody that participated got $40 for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Okay. You don't know what you're doing. So you show up, and then all my buddies and I, we all got separated. We all got put in different classrooms. So I was in there with about 10 people I didn't know. And the uh, teacher's assistant or professor's assistant or whatever is like, thanks, guys. So we're just going to air you um, an episode of television that you've never seen before, hopefully. And we're going to give you a questionnaire at the end. And that's it. So 40 bucks to watch an episode of TV. So they put on 7th Heaven, okay. which was like a 
uh, ABC Family Show with Jessica Biel. I think it was her right. big show. Okay. It's kind of a Christian-y type of feel-goody right. type of show. And so it starts, and like 10 minutes in, this guy goes, bullshit. And I'm like, <laughs> what? This is weird. Like uh, one of the peop- one of the college students. And the teacher's like, excuse me? And he goes, this uh, episode is bullshit. So suddenly my mind goes to, this is the, oh, this, this is, part is the of experiment. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a social experiment about being distracted while watching television. So we keep watching, and then like some corny thing will happen. It goes a commercial break, and this guy's going like, Jesus fucking Christ. And I'm like, all right, I like this. Yeah. This is psychological experimentation. Yeah. So we watch the end. We get the thing. There's like four or five questions about how it made you feel, blah, blah, blah. Do you see the moral dilemma in it? Would you watch this show again? What did you like? What didn't you like? Fill it out. Send it in. Go out. My friend watched Sopranos. The other friend watched something else. The other friend watched something else. That guy was just an asshole. <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. That guy just couldn't stand 47 minutes of Seventh Heaven and just cuss the $40, and he couldn't even handle it. I, I, was, I told my friends, they were like, no, we all just watched The Sopranos pilot. And I'm like, what? Like, walking back, this guy, every five minutes would be like, fuck this show. And I'm, so this guy's just an asshole. Oh, but, do you know, that they could have been the controls. True. Right? They could have hey, been like, I got forty bucks either it, way. It doesn't matter. That's I what. It's always like, oh man, what is it? There's I've I've heard about st- uh, like a study. There's two studies I heard about that I think are really fascinating. One is they showed people an episode of I think it was I think it was Friends or Seinfeld. Okay, and they sewed it to them without commercials, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the control group. And then okay. with the other group, they showed them the same episode. Uh, of of a sitcom, but with commercials, yes. and then the res- and then they had them you know ask them the people who watch it with commercials enjoyed it more. Wow, that's because there was something they disliked in the middle, in between the parts that they liked. So it made oh. them appreciate the show part more because they had something that they disliked to compare it to. Interesting, isn't that interesting? I get that. Sure, that yeah. makes sense. And then they had another one where they where they were like doing a test, and this is so sneaky. They did something to make people think that that was the test, like that was the study. And then just on the way out, they were like, "Uh, "Thank you so much for your time. There's a here's a a bowl. There's a bowl of candies there. Take as many as you want." And uh, and from the and from the test, they knew how much money each person made. Okay. Uh, And then the rich people took. I know where this is going. Like handfuls of candy. Yeah. And the poor people would take like one piece of candy or they wouldn't touch it at all (laughs) boy i hope the meek inherit the earth because these rich guys got to go that sucks i um before you and i were banana boys way back in the day do you remember the story about the guy that woke up uh from a coma a really long coma to the uh seinfeld intro song or commercial break song it makes me laugh every single time i hear seinfeld because it's that bass like yeah 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 so some guy was in a coma and like a family member is visiting him and turned the TV on his room and Seinfeld's <laughs> comes on and he just wakes up out of a coma no. after years. Yeah. What? That was oh, all yeah. that had to happen? Yes. That's so crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, my God. It's so like so lives on some deep, deep lizard part of the brain. <laughs> I remember in Baltimore when I li- when I was in college, speaking of doing Thank tests you. in college. I um I lived across the street from two dudes, um, uh, Skeeter and Cornbread, and 
<laughs> and they were always together. Skeeter and Cornbread always hung out together. I bet they were. Uh, Skeeter was very tall and quiet, and Cornbread was short and very, and oh, would always do the talking. Cornbread also only rode around on um, like a little kid's bike, like a child's, like for an eight-year-old. It was purple, like a huffy. And you would just like see like, there's Cornbread, and you just like zoom by. But they... Um, and they knew we were college. They weren't, they, they, you know, they lived in the neighborhood. They knew we were college students because we lived off campus. And uh, so, and they, and, they, and they always had like stuff they were trying to sell us. And so it would always be like Friday night at like 10 p.m. They knew we would be like a little drunk. And then we like knock on the Smart. door, open the door, be like, hey, what's up, Cornbread and Skeeter? And Cornbread would be like, I got a great TV for you. It's $5. <laughs> and we'd be like, Cornbread. We this is the third TV we bought from you, and the other two don't work. <laughs> and he would never take them back. He's just like, this one works. I promise. Go plug it in. You'll see. You know. And so eventually, <laughs> after because all we wanted to do was watch The Simpsons. Simpsons were on at like seven p.m. in the Big summertime. Show. And mm-hmm. so by the time we had left, by the time we had like moved out, we had yeah. four TVs stacked on top of each other. Fantastic. One was the volume and one <laughs> was only in black and white. And then one was in color. <laughs> so we, the big one had a picture and then the little one was the volume for the big one. And so we just put them all uh, on the same channel and then at 7 so p.m. Good. turn them all on. So and- <laughs> good. Aspiring writers. These are the details to set your worlds apart yeah that is so good katie let's call this episode skeeter and cornbread oh yeah actually it would be cornbread and skeeter that is how we cornbread and skeeter yeah here it is tease us into these fine fine advertisements jonathan the blind gay sex crazed giant tortoise is now the oldest to have ever lived all right johnny well let's blow out some candles when we come back with more bananas Folks, we are back uh, on Bananas, and we've got a very special guest. Uh, yes, we do. Everyone, please welcome to the show again, uh, intern but also full human, Lisa Maggot. Hello, everybody. Oh, Lisa, it's so glad. We're, we're very glad to have you back on the Bananas podcast. How are you? Thrilled to be here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, it was a very human response. Great Good. job, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so we, you, you, what did you, you have a little, a special segment for us, don't you? I do. I have a segment I am now calling reading reviews. Reading reviews. <laughs> Again, full human being. This is not a full robot. Human. Definitely not a robot. Who's not reading reviews? The Bananimals, you send us so many great reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. We thought it would be nice to acknowledge some of you that gave us good reviews. We don't read bad reviews. You can stick those joyfully up your derriere. But uh, Lisa's going to come on and read some of your hit reviews. So thank you. Go for it, Lisa. Take it away. All right. This one is from Ruby Ching. Ruby Ching. It's bananas, exclamation mark. Okay. I just want to say thank you for making my commute, although shorter for lack of traffic, so much fun. 
I work at a hospital and as a frontliner, I sometimes dread driving to work and then feel drained driving home. Mm -hmm. This has been my bright spot to take my mind off the craziness of this world. Thank you. Oh, that's exactly what bananas is for. That's right. Ruby Ching, that is a five-star review. We're giving you five stars right back for being the best in the biz. Absolutely. This is from JJ Brewski. Mm, thank you, JJ Brewski. It says, a welcome break to the constant existential dread of everyday life. Sure. <laughs> I cannot adequately put into words how important this podcast has become to me. While my oh. husband calls my word-for-word recital the theme song creepy, and my assertion that I am nope. banana boy number three cultish, I know my obsession with this podcast <laughs> is completely valid and not at all a problem. Thank you for giving my life meaning, Kurt and Scotty. I will listen every Tuesday until the day I die. Bananimal for life. That's fantastic. Well, thank you, Lisa. We love the reviews. We're going to have Lisa coming in. And what are we calling this segment? Reading reviews? Mm-hmm. A little R&R. <laughs> it should go. Reading reviews. <laughs> love it. We're going to use uh, that. Thank you so much, Lisa. And if you guys want to leave a review for Lisa to read, go to rate bananas.com r-a-t-e bananas.com it'll bring you right to the review page on apple Podcasts, where you can quickly leave a review for the show we would really appreciate Absolutely. it thank you so much lisa you're the best Thanks. we'll have you back soon all right thank yeah. you bananas it really is such a big deal that you guys leave these reviews we love it maybe maybe coming up in july kurt and i'll do that thing where if you leave us a five-star review of our podcast and you show it to us, we'll leave a five-star review of your podcast. We'll do a little review exchange. Oh, Let's I love it. five for fives. That sounds great because everybody's got a podcast. Us. Hey, I listen to some of our listeners' podcasts. DM us. If you give us five-star review, we're going to give your podcast a five-star review. I don't care if my fingers bleed, but thank you, Lisa <laughs> Maggot, our beloved full human intern. Uh, all right. Let's get into this. <clears throat> this was sent in by Ellery Scout. Cool uh, name. Thank you, God, Ellery. that's a good name. It's such a good name, isn't it? Woo, what a name. Also, it's Ellery just Scout. one sound off of Celery Scout. Um, and I love <laughs> names that are just one sound off of a regular name. Mm -hmm. Like Timothy. I think Timothy is the funniest name. Oh, I'm putting it on my list of great names. Ellery Scout, you made a yeah. list of great names. It is, right? That's like a, mm. That's up there with Melissa Joyce Nutt. Oh, she was special. Jonathan. And Mike Bacon. <laughs> Mike Bacon. From Denver. Oh, man. Mike Bacon. I love, love you, that. Mike Bacon. Jonathan, the blind, gay, sex-crazed giant tortoise, is now the Good oldest to have ever lived. Um, cool. This is in Pink News. This was written by Lily Wakefield. Oh, good. Thank you, Lily. Um, and this was this came out January 28th, 2022. I know in the past we have talked about Jonathan. We did. We sure did. But he is now uh, uh, the, oldest the oldest to have ever lived because... He's a record breaker. Okay. Jonathan, a world-famous 190-year-old gay giant tortoise in St. Wow. Helena, has officially become the oldest tortoise to have ever lived. According to the Guinness World Records, this year Jonathan will take the title of oldest Chelonian. Which just means ah, like the, that. I really category. wanted that title, Kurt. <laughs> I really wanted <laughs> oldest Chilonian. <laughs> we should put that. You on could the shirt. be. You could be oldest Chilonian. You thank know? you. You're thank welcome. you for seeing me finally. Um, oldest Chilonian in a category which encompasses turtles, terrapins, and tortoises. 
before Jonathan, the oldest Chelonian was Tui Malila, a radiated tortoise in Tonga who died at the age of 188. Apparently, I kept looking. I was like, radiated? It's That's the name of their type of tortoise, not that okay. she had been irradiated. Yeah, got nuked. Okay. Right. Uh, according Not to Jonathan, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> according to Jonathan's personal vet, oh, he has a personal vet. Uh, despite That's his nice. old age and the fact that he is both blind and without a sense of smell, Jonathan still enjoys his three favorite activities: eating, sleeping, and sex. I heard that. Yep, uh, th- that should say chowing, napping, and fucking. Uh, I agree. Jonathan, who roams for... Come on, pink news. Are we not allowed to say fucking? Jonathan, mm-hmm. who roams free on the grounds of the official residence of St. Helena's governor with three other giant tortoises, made headlines around the world in 2017 when he was accidentally outed. Uh, when his partner, then known as Frederica, went for a checkup for a shell lesion, the vet discovered that the tortoise was in fact male. Jonathan and the 31-year-old tortoise, now known as Frederick, have been together for three decades, and vets say Jonathan's Beautiful. libido shows no signs of slowing down. However, Jonathan isn't strictly monogamous and will also have sex with Emma, another tortoise that roams the grounds. Okay, he's um, bisexual. So he's bisexual. That's cool. Uh, David, David, this is brand new. That's a great name for a tortoise. It is. David, the fourth tortoise, appears to be the only one rejected by Jonathan. So Jonathan is just walking around fucking boning anything that moves. Boulders. Except for Jonathan. Ottomans. Ford Fiestas. (laughs) I mean, except for David. David is the one thing Jonathan's not boning. Um, David. The official wedge. <laughs> the official website of Saint Helena or Helena contains an encyclopedic amount of information on Jonathan and clarifies that the tortoise's date of birth cannot actually be determined. The giant tortoise was brought to the island in 1882 when he was already around 50 years old. There is no record of the date he hatched, and he could even be up to 200 years old. Uh, wow. However, due to some misreporting in the media, Wikipedia lists Jonathan's date of birth as February 1832. Wow. Which some 1832. Of ex- 1832. Wow. That uh, guy has been humping for pre-Civil War. Antebellum tur- tortoise humping over there. Yeah. And on his birthday, they gave him a lettuce with a candle. I bet he loved it. I bet he, he did. He couldn't smell it. He couldn't Could- smell it. He couldn't see it. Yeah. So it probably burned him, but he ate that lettuce. He's a bisexual tortoise, which is so great. He was born in the 1800s. So great. (laughs) He's probably a very generous, slow lover. I mean, I imagine they make love very slowly. I'm sure it takes hours. I'm sure it takes hours. That's probably the secret to a long life. Sting knew all along. He's a tantric tortoise. Yeah. And also, if... Uh, tortoises have sex quickly. I don't want to hear about it. Nope. You don't, that's not what I'm picturing. You don't have to correct us. Don't if you correct know us. About the length of time a tortoise has sex, let us live with yeah. some mystery. Or rather, In 2022. <laughs> just making up facts. Uh, I love this guy so much. Of all the facts to make up, the fact that to- we think that tortoises <laughs> make very slow, very generous love. <laughs> Lots of eye contact, even though he's blind. <laughs> I don't Just even know how you give. could make eye contact as a tortoise. Like, he would be really reaching over the shell to be like, look at me, look at me. Yes. <laughs> yes. It must be interesting to be that, that doctor, that, that personalized vet. 
the herpetologist mm-hmm. or whatever, and just to be like back at it again. Like that person spending, say it is an hour that Jonathan gets it on with yeah. Frederick, but not definitely not Ugly David. <laughs> they ugly, gross, weird butthole David. They uh, that person has to market. And witness it yep. and make sure. I mean, he could have a heart attack. He could go like Matthew McConaughey's dad, mid-coitus. Coitus interrupt us. Mm-hmm. I know. when that the, the day that Jonathan, I hope Jonathan goes out. With a bang. While having sex. Me Please, too. if there is any beauty left in the world, may mm. Jonathan the giant bisexual tortoise, who is 188 years old, die fucking. That's so cool. How God, that is such a long... It's I don't insane. think I'd want to live that long. I don't think so. No. I think 90 would be a sweet spot for me. 90, die making slow, generous love. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I will take, honestly, I'll take anything. Not for the person. I'll take anything between 80 and 90. I'll take any of that area. Love that. Love that area. Good to go. Good to go. Great area. Then they'll upload us into like an Oculus Rift. And they'll, like I, <laughs> I just saw the new Star Wars uh Boba Fett thing where they just have Luke Skywalker looking young as hell walking around and yep. it looks so damn good. I'm like, so well, crazy. there goes that. We're just going to have young Tom Cruise and we're going to have yep. young Meryl Streep's. We're just going to have young young Denzel's going to be cool as hell. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it now. I <laughs> They'll see be like, this, this is country going. is no longer making anything new. Our best times are behind us, so let's celebrate it. <laughs> Amen. That's why you just got to... <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh, man. It's a it's a good time. Come on out to that Brooklyn Bell House show. <laughs> Come on out. Come on out to that Asbury Park Need show. Need something to look forward to? Kurt's uh, homecoming show, Asbury Park. I booked my hotels. Yes, where are you staying? Uh, well, you don't say it on the pod. Well, I won't we'll take it. I out. won't dox myself, but it it's it's the one you recommended. Oh, great. Um, um, all right, let's give give me some more. Give me some more, Scotty. I got a good. I got good stories. Oh, Thanks okay. for sending all the great stories, Bananimals. You rock. You roll. Um, this is an interesting mm-hmm. one sent in by Callie Courtney. A nightmare. Family living without a roof after theirs was removed by a contractor they never hired. Oh. Removed their roof. Yes. This is from KXLY.com, Idaho, written by Kixel. Kixel. <laughs> Kixley. Uh, written by Esther Best in the Business Bauer. Good job, Esther. You're doing great work up there in Spirit Lake, Idaho. A local family's been living without a roof for over 20 days after theirs was removed by a contractor they never hired. Whoa. Wow. Okay. It's a site that Jessica Hotved never thought she'd come home to. Quote, this is a nightmare. This is the absolute worst thing that I could have imagined, she said. June 1st, my daughter comes home from school to find people were removing the roof of our house. Their house is now covered (laughs) in tarps with no explanation except a letter left by a contractor which says there had been a miscommunication. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. A letter, a letter. And they were sent to the wrong address. She understands that people mess up, but no one is taking blame for the issue. Quote, it was a mistake, a very costly mistake, and it should have been fixed, Hotved says. It should have been fixed, but no one will do it. DR Roofing LLC told the family their insurance would have to handle it. Uh, The claims the family has tried to file with their insurance company have been denied. 
In the latest letter, they say, quote, the policy issued to DR Roofing contains an exclusion for property damage arising out of an open air roof condition. I don't know what that means. I don't know what I just said. The recent rainstorms inland northwest have only made the issues worse. Water has seeped into the home, and parts of the floor had to be removed. There's also lingering water damage to the carpet and drywall. This really is – this is so bizarre and such a nightmare. So the mom is worried about the kids' rooms because it's getting moldy and, and mildewy, and the smell's overwhelming for them. The price to fix this, Curdy B, $70,000 for a new roof. Oh my God! So wait, yeah. so how? So who's paying? Who's paying? Well, they're asking everybody, including our beautiful bananas, for advice on what to do and how to deal with the issue. They've contacted both Idaho and Washington's attorney generals, as well as the Better Business Bureau, the BBB. Uh, they say they're starting to meet with lawyers about their next steps. So, for news now, did reach out to the contractor who had removed this roof. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's crazy. no excuse. There's no, you can't just go and take somebody's roof. That's so crazy. Right. And t- to your point, oh, he said over the phone he's working on it, but did not want to comment on camera. I love when those eyewitness news people like get in people's face and they're like, excuse me, you did this horrible thing. And it's always like walking out of a, a Chipotle towards their car and they're like, please speak to my lawyer, no comment. So uh, hopefully this all gets resolved because that is crazy. But I was thinking about this and like, you know, I was like, sue the bastards or whatever every American says. But then I was thinking, isn't this a robbery? Isn't this like larceny or grand theft? They stole breaking and entering, right? You're like, they call the police and be like, I was robbed. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right? Someone stole my roof. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like. (laughs) <laughs> if somebody steals your front door of your house, you call a piece of go, somebody just stole my front door. Yeah. It's no different. This is just grand yeah. theft. I say so you throw insane. these corn balls in jail. <laughs> That's so fucking crazy. It's oh, so crazy. man. So who wanted their roof? Was there ever any explanation on who? It was a mix-up that somebody must have been getting a new roof installed, and then they cut the roof off and realized what they did, and then they just like were like, sorry, your, your homeowner's insurance or something will cover it, but then their plan, their policy didn't cover it. So I think they probably will win. My guess is yeah, they have to. You can't just or take at least somebody's these people roof. People are going to jail. You can't just take somebody's roof, right? When I right? No, I I hope not. I mean, who knows? Uh, I get mad if somebody took my hat. Uh, when I was in high school, my high school girlfriend and I, her dad was a contractor, mm-hmm. and I drove her home after school, and we go in the house, and we're doing, we're we're hanging out, and we're we're flirting around the way that the youth, the sixteen year olds do. We were. We were probably smooching, Kurt. Yeah, I love we're, it. We're pr- probably holding hands a lot. A lot Ooh, of hand holding. Hell yeah. You know, you, you do those little things. You sneak a little thing here and there. Oh, mom's in the other room. Just a quick quick little butt pinch, and then we just go in and act all polite. <laughs> so we're doing that. We're hanging out. And then they were like, Scotty, do you want to stay for dinner? Sure. Sitting around with his family. The dad goes to put on music. He goes, what the fuck? Who took my CD player? So somebody, this guy was obsessed with music, uh-huh. like a true, true musicology, music, what is it, audiophile? This yeah. guy just loved it, always had music on the house, speakers everywhere. So we go, gone. All the CDs are gone, seven disc or 100 disc or whatever no. crazy changer was gone, gone. Wires out of the wall. The funniest part is we had been hanging out. I think we're probably playing some cranium. We didn't notice that this major piece of, like, this guy's personality was stolen. 
So it was the first time I'd ever felt that feeling of like there are criminals out there yeah. and they come into your homes and it's a very strange feeling. Wow. So that was probably on like a Thursday or Friday. Weekend rolls around. I get a call from my girlfriend on a Saturday. This is what happens. This is so crazy. So as a contractor, the guys used to meet at his um, house before work and then they'd all get in different work trucks and go out. And they kind of famously didn't lock their backsliding door at the time. Uh-huh. And like, so when we had come home from school, we would just walk in their house. You know, it was a little bit in the country. It was in Deer Park, Maryland. And anyways, her dad goes to, he bought a new CD player and he went to buy some CDs at Record and Tape Traders in Reisterstown, Maryland. And the guy, and he starts looking at these CDs and he opens one up and his name was on it. It said his yeah, last course, name yeah, signed on it. stole them and just sell, sold them. So not only did they steal 200 plus CDs and then take them to the closest place that bought UCDs <laughs> and resold them, they filled out the form with their full information. Oh, so no, he realized it was not. somebody that used to work for him, or used to work construction for him, and they called the police and they went over to that guy's house and they, they arrested the guy. But he filled out the form after robbing his boss with his real name, <laughs> his real address, his real phone number. I mean, this is who we're dealing with. That's so world. amazing because I remember selling, I used to sell CDs all the time in order to buy new cds and they would always give you a dollar for cd when you spent like 15 dollars on each cd and uh it was always cash i never had to like write my name down or anything so you could just put like uh my name's biz whip year you know and like yeah Mm. i mean biz whip year is a dope name that's a (laughs) they're like this guy biz has just been ripping (laughs) off people everywhere we got four metallica ride the lightnings out of this guy we got one outcast Oh, man. All right, I'll, I'll give us one more to send us home, Scotty. Tease us into the next oblivion. Here we go. Geico may have to pay $5.2 million to a woman who got an STD in an insured car. I saw this. This yes. is crazy. This so seems not good. We, have co- we covered this we when did. it was a lawsuit but just a quick update because the woman won her lawsuit it's Mm -hmm. fucking crazy this was sent in by tiffany wood and many many other bananimals um thank you basically i will tell you here's here is this is an on npr the missouri court of appeals is siding with a woman who won a 5.2 million dollar award against geico in a case that centers on a unique auto injury claim the woman says she contracted a sexually transmitted disease wow. in a Hyundai sedan whose owner was insured by Geico. This reads like and and if and when you know and when you know that the sexually transmitted disease is HPV, the 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 the, the, sec, the sexually transmitted disease that absolutely every single person in, in America yeah, has that's right exactly is amazing. The woman identified in court papers as Mo says a man identified as MB infected her with HPV when they had unprotected sex in his 2014 Hyundai Genesis. I mean, wow! Yeah, decisions are being made across the board here. Yeah, so insane. Uh, so yeah, so how like it's insane. She, she said, basically, what's happening now is there was an appeal. Like it, she won in a court case. There was an appeals. She won in the appeals, and yeah, now Geico, Geico right. is taking them to some other level of court to try yeah. and get the damages reduced. So she probably think- won't end up with five point two million dollars 
it will pra- or it might get thrown out altogether. I mean, maybe she will. But the thing I think when in one of the articles I read is that Geico didn't take the claim very seriously in the first, and then they lost, and then in the appeals they like lawyered up, but then it, there was already like the precedent or whatever, so they yeah. lost again. I I didn't see in any of the articles if they if a condom was used. I was trying to figure that out. Like it, it says unprotected it say- sex. Yeah. Mm, see, that's in, if it was ca- consensual, unprotected sex. That seems like there's some fault here. Not you know. Yeah. It seems like it, I don't know. I mean, Geico had told the woman its auto insurance coverage didn't apply because quote damages claimed did not arise out of the normal use of the vehicle, which Agreed. I. Like, look, I'm not, not a fan of insurance companies in any way, shape, or form, Ooh. but it does seem like that is not something that we were like, all right, here's the Hyundai Sonata, perfect for fucking in. Like, no one ever says that. Like, this no. is the spot I go to it's when I want to own. No, it is no. not. No, I yeah, I think this is not a good thing. I mean, I'm not happy for anybody involved in this, but also, like, if all, all of our auto insurance rates go through the roof because <laughs> this sets some precedent where everybody... Who's had sex in a car? Yeah, and has gotten something like oh boy, here we go. You know, I uh, I listened to this great podcast um, uh, called um, uh, "You're Wrong About," and and I'm <laughs> sure that this will be like a in a, in like ten years or something. We'll get like more details about actually what happened here and why the court sided. Because right, you know, in. Like this reminds me of the McDo- the famous McDonald's case where the the hot woman coffee. burned herself with the hot coffee and then got like hot a ten million dollar thing. Yeah. Um. When you actually get into the details of the case, yes. Uh, it is actually justified. Um. And is they spend a whole hour going through it, and I'm sure you'll find this probably has something like that. But I, you know, at this point, we're unsure of what's going on. But anyway. That's a fun way to be a bummer about this very funny story. <laughs> no. It's okay. What you're saying is get all the information before you pass judgment. And we can't just be a knee-jerk society. We got to get all the info. We got to cross the T's and hit the lowercase J's right. with some dots. We got to get in there. And I'm also saying is you're not going to get all the info here. <laughs> bananas. It is a podcast Virtually called none. Bananas. We're going to give you barely enough information to laugh about. And then That's that is it. Right. If you're coming here for your news, you're in trouble. That's right. But anyways, it's been a beautiful episode. Have protected sex. If you're going to have sex with somebody you don't really know in a car, put a condom on. They're great. They work really high percentage of the time. (laughs) Available everywhere. We should make bananas condoms. We should make bananas condoms. Actually, this is a great idea. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Scotty. Great solo Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas!
Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.